0: Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the kingdom of heaven has for us let's join our host ruth hendrickson for real truth with ruth as we dive into the word of god hey everyone i hope you're doing well it's always good to join you each and every day as we spend time together as we grow in the lord as we make this journey through this thing that we call life together so it's good to come together. You know, remember as a kid playing hide and seek, you know, trying to hide from each other and finding the best hiding place, the, you know, where, where won't I be found or where will I be the last one to be found? And, and I so enjoyed that as a kid. And honestly, we do that with our children. Some of you have grandchildren, you're doing it with your grandchildren. And so this whole concept of hide and seek carries through our lives very in very different ways, because sometimes it also invades our spiritual life, our relationship with God, and we start playing hide and seek with the Lord. And that's really where I landed this morning. So let me ask a question for all of us, for you and for me, Yeah, you know, how often do I intentionally or unintentionally run from God? How often do you intentionally or maybe even unintentionally run from God? All right, So that, that can get us right away in the morning. right? So I confess that there's been times in my life when I really haven't felt like praying. Can you guys relate? There's been times in my life where it feels like my prayers are not being answered. Again, can you relate? And there's been times when I don't even like the way God wants me to pray anyone relate to that one? So, you know, here we are. And if you're struggling with this, let me just give you an example, just so that we can all connect into this point. If you have ever had struggle, if you've ever struggled praying for somebody in authority, because you disagree with them, then honestly, you've really run away from the mandate of God. And that's really, really important to understand. But it goes into so many other areas of our life, okay? And so I know that as I sat with scripture this morning, I really had to look inside at me. Like, where have I not fully aligned with God? And so, you know, I I was in the book of Jonah. I didn't even get out of chapter one. I didn't get even get the whole way through chapter one. Because, you know basically here we are, this Jonah, you know, this prophet of God, this man of God, he knew the voice of God. And, you know, God goes and tells him to go to the great and just say great, the great city of Nineveh and announce judgment against it. Now I sat there with that one for a while because I'm going, what do you mean the great city of Nineveh? He could, God could have called it a sinful city, he could have called it a wicked city, he could have called it a doomed city. After all, the message was all about judgment. But what does he say? He says, go to a great city. And so I sat there and I'm like, you know what? Even as God was pronouncing judgment on that city, as he, you know, was he, was he seeing past that? Was he seeing the potential that could happen should the people repent? What was God seeing in that moment, even as he decreed and declared and was sending a message of destruction? You know, and and I just sat with that and I'm going, you know, wow. Because, you know, with that heart, when you think of the heart of God, he could have just destroyed that city in an instant. But instead he, he wants to send a prophet. Instead, he wants to warn them. And the thing is, A warning from God always carries with it an invitation for repentance. Let me say that again. For all of us, a warning from God, a warning of judgment from God, a a correctional warning always carries with it, always, 100% of the time, carries with it an invitation for repentance. There's always that invitation to get right with the Lord again and to be back in the right place with him. So here again, we have Jonah, the prophet of God. And at this moment, in this moment, as God's telling him that he wants him to go deliver a prophetic word of judgment against the great city of Nineveh, what gets exposed is an area of judgment in Jonah's own heart. That's very, very important, okay, because the measure we judge, all right, so here he is, again, his heart of judgment is being exposed And so that caught me because I began to ask myself questions like, okay, how often have I judged somebody or something, um, you know, rather than aligning with the heartbeat of God? How often has I stepped into that? And I'm pretty sure at this point we would all at some sometime in our lives or some area in our lives, we would actually have a verdict of guilty. And so, you know, just think about this. If you were Jonah and you didn't want to align with God. Back in this day, think you know, God's like, okay, well, I'm going to record your deeds, I'm going to record your missteps, I'm going to record your judgment, I'm going to record your rebellion for people to read generations upon generations upon generations. This is going to be there for everyone to read. And so, you know, his heart of judgment in this moment was fully exposed. And I was thinking, wow, it's a good thing we don't live back then. You never know what God might do, but you know what? Often our hearts of judgment are exposed on social media. So just something to think about before we go to post because that record doesn't go away. And so often those hearts of judgment Are exposed in social media, and we can go and delete the posts, but we know they're floating out there somewhere. The good thing about our God, and we have to remember this, is you know, even when we run from Him, when we come back, when we come back into alignment, He removes that sin as far from us as the East is from the West, as if it was no more, because He is that good. He's always about wholeness, He's always about healing, He's always about redemption. So again, anytime when you have intentionally or unintentionally, because it can go both ways, run from God, when you hear that that voice of the Father, when you hear that, wait a minute, when you hear that caution, when you read the word and you're like, oh darn, it's always, always, always an invitation for repentance. It's always an invitation to come back. And I just love that about God because that same God who is a God of judgment and can and will bring judgment is also a God of mercy and the mercy triumphs over judgment. And that's part of the story of the great city of Nineveh. And actually, if we were to go through the whole book of Jonah, we would honestly see that it's also God's heartbeat towards Jonah. And so that's how good our God is, how big he is. And, you know, since God knows everything, I have to sit here and I have to think, well, when he chose Jonah to bring this message, did he, did God know what Jonah's response was going to be? And did he ask him to do it anyways? Great question, right? Okay. And so this is why I didn't get very far into the book of Jonah this morning, because I kept stopping and asking questions and processing with God and just really going into this. So we're going to pick up at verse three and it says, but Jonah, just say, but, but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down, just say down. He went down to the port of Joppa, found a ship leaving for Tarshish and bought a ticket and went on board, hoping just say, hoping to escape from the Lord. Okay, so there's, this was plotted. It was planned, but this was not unintentional. Jonah had it set in his head that somehow he was going to disappear and escape from God because he did not want to do what God was asking him to do. In other words, he was throwing an adult-sized temper tantrum. Anyone guilty of that? Okay, how often have we thrown an adult-sized temper tantrum with Father God? And yet he's always, again, just like parents, their kid throws a temper tantrum. We deal with it. We pick him back up. We hug them. We hold them. We talk to them. We correct them. So the father does with us. So anyways, um, verse four, but just say, but again, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to shake the to break the ship apart, fearing for their lives. The desperate soldiers shouted to their gods for help and through the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But say, but again, all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down. There's that word down again in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at such a time as this? He shouted, get up, pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. And so again, Jonah had a word from the Lord to deliver, but he got up, He went in the opposite direction. He went down. Whenever we get up to run away from God, it will always take us down. I want you to hear that. Whenever we get up, whenever we position ourselves, whenever we make a choice to run away from God, it will always take us down. And so literally he went down um, to the port of Joppa. He found the ship and his hope was to escape from what God had asked him to do. You know, we're reminded in the word that we can't run from the presence. We can't hide. It doesn't matter where we go. He will find us. He always knows. It's like he has a Holy Spirit tracker on us, okay? Just keep that in mind. And, you know, the Lord has a Holy Spirit tracker on you and he has a Holy Spirit tracker on me. So God, of course, knew what he was doing, knew what he was up to. So the Lord goes and and causes a storm, okay? Remember, our God is a God of the seas too. So he causes a storm to come and it threatens to tear the ship apart. But what jo- what's Jonah doing? He's sleeping. Now when we talk about storms in the New Testament and Jesus sleeping through the storm, one of the things that we say is that we actually have command or control over any storm that we can sleep through because we know that we're in God's hands. But here Jonah's running from the God from God and yet he, God puts him so sound asleep. Why? Because I think that the fear fear and the terror needed to hit everyone around in order to bring Jonah into confession and to his senses. And so again, you know, the captain goes down. He's like, how can you sleep at a time like this? And, you know, gets him up and he comes upstairs and, and what, he still doesn't confess. He still, he knows, he knows this is his fault. He knows that people are suffering, not just in the city of Nineveh, but also on this ship he knows that they are suffering because of his disobedience and so he comes upstairs and what happens is in the custom of the day they draw lots they're looking to see who the guilty party is they firmly believe that there is somebody on that ship who has done something out of alignment with a god little g who has brought this on all of them see the community aspect all right, and so they go and they cast lots to see which one of them had offended God, little G, because remember they worshiped all their gods. And so God is going to expose Jonah because he wants to deal with Jonah's heart. And so of course, Jonah goes, and as they're drawing the straws, he draws the short straw. And that releases a horde of questions. It's like, they're all like, who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing? And, and he goes and he answers and he says, I am, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord God of heaven, who made the land and the sea. And what really caught me is when he's forced to confess who he is, his identity, whose he's created to be, what happens? Those sailors who had prayed to all their gods, who had who had thrown cargo overboard, who were so afraid. It the scripture says that, um, that the sailors were terrified when they found out who Jonah was and who he worshiped. In other words, the name of the Lord God of Israel, the name Jehovah had become so huge and so big, Yahweh, that they they just went and fear struck them, even though they worshiped other gods. Are we making our God so well known? Are we carrying his presence so much that it strikes fear in the hearts of those who do not follow him when they hear who we follow? And so, um, you know, of course, he'd already told them that that he was running away from the Lord, but apparently it took to this point for them to connect the dots. And um, they ask, what should we do? And he says, throw me overboard, throw me overboard. It'll become calm. I know the storm's my fault. You know, one of the things, you know, the sailors come around and they don't want to, you know, they don't want to sacrifice his life, so to say. And so they do everything they can not to have to do it. And then um, they finally cry out to God, Jehovah, they cry out to Jonah's God. And they, they ask him, they ask God, they, they, now they are praying to the one true God. Before they were praying to all their various gods, now they're praying to the one true God. And um, they, they plead for their lives. They actually plead that they won't die for this man's sin. And, um, you know, and they acknowledge that the storm came because of God's own reason, because of what what he was seeing. And so the interesting thing with Jonah is Jonah at this point still was not willing to go to Nineveh. I'm sure there's so many other answers he could have given than throw me overboard. He could have gotten on his knees in repentance before the Lord. And I'm sure that storm would have calmed so, you know, some commentators actually suggest that Jonah wanted to commit suicide before he would go to the people of Nineveh. And that was part of the, the God working with his heart as he was um, swallowed by a big stinky fish and got to spend, do some fish time, um, you know, before he got vomited out where he belonged. And so, you know, he, he could have gotten there much more comfortably than the route he chose to go. And so the thing is, is when we make a choice not to align with the mandate of God, with the word of God, with what he's telling us to do, um, if we have a prophetic word and we decide not to share it. And of course, with a word of judgment, like he had to share, there's, we, that's a whole nother teaching on how to do that. But um, when we step away from that, when we intentionally or unintentionally run away from God, it will always take us down and it will always make the journey back more difficult than it would have been had we followed his mandate in the first place. And so again, you know, as I looked at this, this morning, I honestly did not get any further than what I just shared because it really caught me, you know, that question, how often have I intentionally or unintentionally turned the opposite direction from God? And, and like I said, that always takes us down. And then how do I respond As the Lord brings me back around, how do I respond when he exposes that heart of judgment? Do I try to hide? At this point, Joan is still hiding. So do I try to hide? Do I try to take any other route to get out of it? Or do I get on my knees and confess and repent And seek his face and seek his forgiveness, because we have a great and powerful God. So let's pray. I just really want to take a few moments before we end our time together and just just take a moment and pray and just ask his forgiveness. Let's get our hearts right for any place where intentionally or unintentionally, knowingly or unknowingly we have managed to veer away from what God's asking us to do, what he's asking us to say, what his plans are, what his purposes are. So that as we step into our day, we're in alignment with him. So if you're at a spot where you can just kind of close your eyes, please close your eyes, hold out your hands. Of course, if you're driving, please keep your eyes on the road. Um, But heavenly father, we confess, we repent that there have been times in our lives where we haven't felt like praying, when we haven't felt like doing what you've tell us to do, whether you've spoken to us, it's in your word, where we've just turned and we've gone the opposite direction. And and Lord, we acknowledge that always takes us down. So right now, Lord, we want to go further down, but in a different way. In humility, God, we bow our knees, we bow before you, we, we just, we come before you and we ask for your forgiveness. Lord, we want to be ones who shine light for your kingdom. We want to be mountain movers. We want to be ones who change atmospheres. We want to be ones who bring healing and freedom. So, Father, these hearts of judgment, they've got to go. They've got to die to you, to your way. Because, God, when judgment is released, it has to come from your level, not from our level. And, Lord, we, we recognize that from your level, a word of judgment, even over us, is there's, it always comes with it, an invitation for repentance. So God, right now we accept, we RSV to that invitation. We say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, we repent. And we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you that you forgive us. And we choose to forgive ourselves. Lord, we are your children created in your image, and we carry your DNA. So we want to walk in the fullness of all you have for us. So Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. You are a good, good Father, and we can trust you, and we thank you that your mercy always triumphs over judgment. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.